0: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the vastness of the internet or watching live here on blab Uh, my name is art jones i'm the principal consultant at the art of standing out where we use brand strategy storytelling and design thinking to help you market better so you can sell more and today my co-host is andrew fraser andrew uh tell us more about who you are and what you do
1: okay Hey Art, um, good morning everyone. Um, my name's Andrew Frazier. Um, I'm working with my company's a Management and really what I do is work with organizations and individuals on you know, strategic planning, strategic and financial management. So really helping them with their businesses to run them more strategically and also to utilize their financial information um, to help make better decisions.
0: Fantastic. And Andrew and I have been co-hosting this uh, this show. Um, this is our third in a series of four. Um, and it's themed in line with the work that Andrew does, running your business like a pro. In other words, we're helping businesses move from being an amateur to being a pro, from move from working in your business to working on your business and having an extra strategy from your business or succession plan. All of the kind of things that business owners should think about are the kind of things that that Andrew helps you work on, uh, and Andrew, for those that are just tuning in for the first time here in the third episode, why don't you review? Give us a quick review of of uh, of what running your business like a pro um, is all about.
1: Okay, great. Um, really, you know, if you look at the current business environment, um, business is getting more and more competitive you find that more and more people are entering the business world as entrepreneurs and you find more and more women entering the field as entrepreneurs. So given that situation, um, you know, there's a lot of need um, development and they need a lot of support to be as successful as they can be. So really what I do um, based on my background, having been in corporate having understanding how that works and large corporations run their business, having been an entrepreneur for many years, having taught finance, I've had the opportunity to really bring something to the table that a lot of small, medium-sized business owners could use uh, because they can't afford to have the expertise that I bring to the table for them. Um, You know, one of the key things is entrepreneurs starting out or in early stages Um, there's a professional journey. You know, the first stage is really where you're working in the business and you own a job. You know, if you think of it as running your business like a pro, that would be more like the little leagues. You know, anyone who's played a sports, baseball, you know, little league, you're getting started, you're learning things, um, but you're working in your business. So you pretty much just own a job. From there, you know, moving to the next level is the minor leagues. So you're moving up, you're managing your business. So you're starting to have information. You don't have to be at your business all the time. So you can take a week off without closing the business or being very worried about your business. And um, you, know, the, you know, one of the hallmarks of that is actually having the first level of management in your company so that you are not managing the employees, you're building a management structure. So, you know, just like there's many steps between little league and minor league, there's many steps between minor league and the major leagues. So, you know, that being said, everybody's somewhere along the journey and you have to start, you know, in the beginning and build your education, build your experience to move forward further. And then finally, when you get to major leagues, it's characteristic of you actually leading your organization rather rather than managing it. To make it more effective, you're actually leading it into more areas, um, effectively bringing the organization, um, you know, growth in business. So, each stage, your growth is faster and faster, Um, and that's because you're getting more and more leverage, and also you have more time to focus on the success of your business rather than focusing on running it um, or working in it. So, you know when you're doing this you know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that need help along their journey to make it to the next level so that's what i really do is work with them to help create their path to success and with their path to success there's really four stages and it's my AARI methodology and really what that stands for is assessment assessing your business structure And also, you know, it's basically saying, where are you? Um, You know, where is your organization? Um, What have you done? Where are you now? And what is your vision for the organization? Mm -hmm. From there, we move into analysis, um, the second phase. And analysis is basically taking information to figure out your business model. Because if you don't know your business model, you don't really know much about your business. And it's surprising how many entrepreneurs have no clue about their business model. Um, so, you know, we focus on creating the business model if there's not one. If there is one, focus on optimizing it. So, to make sure the business model is, you know, optimal for the type of business and the strategy that you're employing. Um, from there, you know, once we sort of figured out the business model, understand where you are, where you want to go, um, we put forth recommendations in terms of how to get you there. So, you know, it's putting forth a business strategy to figure out how to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And then finally, implementation. Um, We help with implementation as well, because as an entrepreneur, sometimes you're doing everything you can do at the time. And also sometimes you don't have the experience, even if you understand what needs to be done, you may not actually be able to do it yourself and you may not have someone at your organization that can do it. Um, so then we help with implementation and, you know, you, along with the implementation, that's, you're going to be measuring your progress because it's an iterative cycle, whereas you know, you're going through that cycle. Each time you move further with your business, you want to re, you know, revisit and remove through the cycle um, based on where you are to more effectively do it. So that's really what we're talking about in terms of this series for running your business like a pro. Well, thank you
0: that, um, you know, you covered that in about four minutes, but that's an awful lot of work. Um, but it's important work that every business owner should know, um, how to navigate because, you know, I think you said you can move, you help businesses move from running their business and running and and owning a job. And because they own the job, they really, as long as they're working on their business, they have business when they stop and want to go on vacation their business generally stops. You show them how to be successful at running a business so they can work on it and they can scale now and have employees and products and services and solutions that are the value proposition as opposed to the business owner being the primary value in the business. That's correct. Yeah. Well, listen, this is episode three. And in episode three, we're, we're, we're talking about – um. Market penetration. Um, Market penetration, isn't market penetration just like that shiny tip of the spear that's
1: driving you into your market where the revenue lives? Or is it more more than that? Actually, you can look at it a little bit like that, but it's a lot more complex and detailed. Okay, let's Uh, talk about it. You know, one of the key things that I do as part of the analysis phase is actually looking at your marketing strategy, your marketing plan helping to educate clients on, you know, what sort of things they should be focused on with their marketing and, you know, help them find the right people to execute or use certain tools based on their marketing strategy. So one of the first things I do is, you know, in the assessment, I've looked at what, how they are marketing, but ask the business owner, what is your target strategy? What is your, who is your target market? Um, you know, getting the target market, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, don't really have a good feel for it and they feel it's everybody or all men or women between the ages of 35 and 50, but that's like millions of people. So, you know, the first thing is defining what a target market is, because I think that's where a lot of people, um, miss the value of it. You know, so when you're when you're figuring out the target market, what that means is the people that are most likely to buy your product or services. So you don't want to waste your time with people who aren't who aren't the most likely because you're wasting your time and your money. And, you know, when you're thinking of this, different businesses have different amounts of resources to put towards their marketing efforts. So your target market has to be in line with the resources that you have to put towards them because what the, who they are is really the people who are most likely to buy your product and the people you're going to spend your time, your effort, your money to help get them to buy your product. So it's not everybody who buys your product. Of course, you're going to sell your product to anyone who buys it, but a lot of them you may not want to spend your money and time trying to get them people like them to become customers so so you know i
0: this is where we overlap and and i do marketing as well but you know one of the challenges is do your customers say to you but Andrew wait i I live in New York that's the tri state area, and I want to sell to everybody, everyone in Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. What's wrong with that
1: strategy? Um, well, I have had clients who have felt that way and so, and a few that were wanted to market to the whole United States <laughs> um, but you know that strategy is too broad. I think that one of the keys is you have to know your market um, you know my focus is on really figuring out the business model and helping drive the right strategies but you know when it comes to implementing certain strategies i have a team that i bring in um to work with people and you know you have a lot of expertise on marketing and we've worked on a few things together um you know i value your opinion and you know we've talked a little bit about really getting to the level of detail in figuring out your target market to that you really need to be. Um, so actually, if you want to share a few things, that would be great.
0: Um, okay. Um, you know, I think that most people struggle with the idea that when you say, let's, let's start defining your ideal prospect, they say, well, if you're saying that i want to sell to everybody in Arizona, and I have to now pick just women of a certain age because they're the ones that are buying my product, what about all the men and all the young people? Uh, you want me to exclude them? And they struggle with that because they feel they're going to miss an opportunity. And, um, sorry about that. No Too problem. many things going on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> And now Snapchat just wants to jump into the <laughs> to the, the musical background, and a lot of people, you know, they struggle with this notion of uh, less is more. You know, uh, a more refined look at who you are in service to um, is is a way to actually maximize your business. Because if if we're talking about marketing and and we're talking about communicating with a market um, that's where everybody talks about engagement in your marketing if you don't know who you're marketing to and you're trying to market across all ages all sexes all you know job descriptions and and say one thing that resonates with them all then you're you're like a Houdini right you're gonna have to be a, a magician to make that work however the alternative is to say yes I I do want to sell to many but I'm going to settle down. I'm going to follow this guidance and I'm going to pick one and I'm going to refine that profile. Um and, and there's an exercise and it's 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 a pretty good one. And if 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 you had a pen and a paper and I do this with clients all the time to help them appreciate what it is. You take a a notepad and a pen and it's kind of fun. You draw a happy face or draw the 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 image of a man or a woman, just a head. And then you, you, you draw arcs off of it. And the arcs look something like this, right? That's not a head, that's an amoeba. But if that was a head in the center, <laughs> <laughs> you could tell my artistic ability is not the greatest. And then in each one of those quadrants, you put here, you put think, you put see, you put say, you put do and feel. Here, think, see, say, do, and feel, and that face in the center, right? That that little Ghostbuster face, and those arcs, are your ideal prospect, and you're going to build a profile. And if you can't answer these questions, you need to spend more time thinking about who it is that's been buying your product. And when you say, what are they here? What are they here about the problem that they're having? I mean, if if it's an individual and they can't get out of their way to start their business, they have generated revenue, but they can't break through to the next level or their business and they're having trouble getting their employees engaged. All of those are different problems. But what are they listening to? What are they hearing about how to solve that problem? What do they hear about the ramifications of having that problem? And then what do they think about that? And then what do they see other people in the marketplace doing? Right. And then. What are they saying to their cohort of other managers and executives in the boardroom? Um, What are they saying in their 10K in their annual report? What are they saying on their website? And then what are they doing about it? Can Can you tell what they're doing about it? Are they buying somebody's product, perhaps a competitor's product? And how do they feel about that product if they're not buying yours? If you can flesh that out, you're really beginning to build this profile of the ideal prospect. And using a pad like this is, is a beginning, but the ideal is to take it on the whiteboard and and take a stack of post-it notes and say, each post-it note is representative of what I'm, I think they're hearing. And then you take another post-it note and say, this one is representative of what they are seeing happening in the marketplace. And the whiteboard or the the flip charts get posted all over the room, and then you sit back and say, wow, let me assess what I what I do know about the ideal prospect that's been buying my product that I'm going to focus my next marketing campaign on. And you can do an analysis and say, I have gaps. There's areas where I don't know things that I think I should know about my ideal prospect. And when you flesh that out and you've got post-it notes about... Information all over the wall you've talked to some of your customers you've brought your colleagues into the room and everybody shares their ideas now you've got a, a a bevy of information that says something about what you know about that ideal prospect and and when you sit back now and you start copywriting and you start creating content for your website and you start creating content for your email campaign and you start posting on Facebook and you start tweeting via Twitter, you're tweeting in a voice that you're channeling your ideal prospect wants to hear because you know them in an intimate way. Absent understanding who they are and kind of understanding what their narrative is, when you create content not knowing that, you're just making noise to their ears. And sure, some are gonna buy. But when you speak in a voice that resonates with them, because you know them in an intimate way, because you've done the work, that's when you have an opportunity to to really connect, nurture those relationships, and grow. Uh, you know, at the top of your funnel, uh, a group of of raving fans of your brand, and some of those raving fans will go through the funnel, and become customers, and continue to promote your brand even after they purchase. But a lot of people don't want to take the time one to narrow the the scope to narrow their shot selection right and then the second thing is after you've narrowed the scope you've got to do the work to understand and uh that's the the beginning of i think the work that has to be done to be a good marketer and uh
1: back to you okay no i mean that that's great um you know, I agree 100% with what you're saying. And, you know, one of the things that I do to work with clients, I think it even a little bit of a step before or concurrently is really looking at, um, you know, one of my things is making, you know, making better decisions because you're making them using facts and information rather than just winging it and a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs don't even realize they're just winging it but then we talk about a few things um number 1 what is your break even sales to you know achieve not just break even but to achieve the level of profitability that you're looking for um because if you don't know what your target sales are then it's hard to know you know where you you know where you want to be and then you break it down on the next level is okay you want to do that many sales that much in sales how much is the marketing budget that you can have given the amount of sales that you're trying to do given how much marketing should be part of your you know part of your business model and um and how much money that you how much working capital you have so you know before you spend money on marketing you should know how much you're going to need how much you can spend um and also you know basically what type of yield of sales that you're trying to get based on how much marketing you're doing um so that's a that's a good way to sort of be able to see if your marketing's working because you have some numbers you have some information and then to break it down even closer is well what is your average sale you know what's what's the average sale that you (laughs) come back and
0: come back um he just booted himself out somehow
1: um sorry about the i'm not sure what happened a little bit of a technical difficulty i guess technical difficulty yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you're back and that's what matters um So,
0: you know, you were talking about um, and and my perception of the way the work that you do, um, Mm -hmm. helping small businesses move from amateur to pro is is helping them appreciate the power of data and understanding the data that is in their business. Because every business, big or small, has data. And if you open any journal that talks about business fortune, Business Week, Fast Company, Wired, all those Forbes magazine all of them talk about the magic that big data represents for big brands. And because we're talking small business, it doesn't mean that we ignore the data that's available to us. And a lot of people think that, well, I look at the data that goes with my SEO. Well, okay, great. But there's a bigger universe of data and that data represents the key performance indicators that when you know which ones you should be managing and trying to grow, that's when your business begins to operate in an optimal way. And that's the work that Andrew um, helps small business pros do. Um, and it's it's so important.
1: Yes. Um, you know, definitely there's a world of information that you can use to more effectively make decisions. Um, and then that just opens up a lot for entrepreneurs you know one of the things i find of entrepreneurs in the first stage is because they're working in the business they don't really think about having data about the business because they're there they know what's going on pretty well they have a good feel for it um even though a lot of times they may you know their perceptions may be off because you know they're dealing with you know opinions, their opinion of where things are rather than facts. Um, But you can never leave the little leagues without having data because how are you going to manage your business if you don't have the data? And if you're the only one that has the data, how are you going to be able to not work in your business? Because, you know, that's, you know, a a hurdle that a lot of entrepreneurs find and it's very eye-opening. It's sort of like an intervention where, you know, you're, you know, I'm coming, bringing something to them that they never considered. And then once they consider it, you know, it makes so much sense because that is going to, You know, that is the perspective that they need to use to be able to get to the level that they're seeking to get. And without having the data, being able to have other people understand their business and moving to the next level of managing your business um, and where you're managing your business with information, because you're not in it every day, but you're getting the key information and key statistics so you can know and project and expect things and manage your team appropriately.
0: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's there's a a parallel, you know, people often say that the five people that you hang out with the most um, impact who you are, what you do and what you think in the field. And as a business owner, the parallel is the things that you spend the most time about in your business have an effect on the trajectory of your business if you want to stay small keep all the in- intelligence about your business in your head uh, and just just make make more sales if you want to go big then take it out of your head put it on a spreadsheet get with somebody that can help you understand where that data where what it means and start managing it like a business pro. And that's when you put the infrastructure in place that when you go big, you can go big because there's no obstacles. You already have done the work to put the processes in place to carry you along that trajectory that goes up. If if you're not doing those things, you're just gonna stay small. And if you wanna be small, stay small. But if you wanna go big, you, you've gotta do the work. And and a lot of this is is what I refer to as knowledge transfer. People simply don't know what they don't know. And, and having uh, someone like you to uh, come on Lab and just share this concept of you can work in your business and be strapped to it forever. You can't take a vacation, uh, you can't really do anything Because if you're not doing it, your business doesn't grow. Your business doesn't thrive or doesn't make any money. When you begin working on your business, then you're building products and services and solutions and processes and infrastructure that you could be in Tahiti sipping Mai Tais. Because you've got something of value and you built it in the right way, the business is going to continue to thrive because your leadership helped build the infrastructure and those processes to allow it to to, uh, to thrive and and that's why I think these conversations and the people that do the work that you do is, is so important for uh, small businesses small businesses and small business amateurs to begin thinking about becoming small business pros.
1: Yes, definitely um, you know the you know by using the information the data and looking at it from a new perspective, you know, that makes all the difference in the world. Um, Yes, yes, absolutely. And
0: you know, the other thing you said earlier that I think is important is probably another another conversation um, that I think is important. We're we I know in our conversations, we often talk about this, this marketing, market penetration um, is marketing and it's sales. In in the past, there was marketing and sales, and they were two separate entities, and they operated um, sort of autonomously. And today, because of technology and and the tools that we have at our disposal, we can think differently about what marketing really is. And marketing done well um, becomes a sales engine, right? Um, and, and a sales engine that will work 24-7 when it's built properly, Um and again, but you have to have an infrastructure and processes and understand who you're selling to in order to build those processes to serve the audience that you're in service to. Um, a lot of work,
1: um, but when it's done, it it, it has great value. Right. Um, definitely. You know, in this environment, because it's more competitive, you really have to grow Your business, or your business is going to die because the life cycle of business keeps getting shorter, shorter and shorter. So you have to be more nimble and be able to grow your business. And you know, by doing that, not only does it make a much greater experience with you for your business because you continue to evolve, grow, learn more. Um, You also make more. uh, You don't have to be tied to your business as much, but For your employees, you can attract better employees because you have a career path for them. You have an opportunity for them to grow. You have an opportunity to pay them more because your organization is, you know, is leveraged and you have more things going for you. So, you know, definitely, you know, by focusing on growth, that's key. And. You know, a lot of times you come into business and you're like, okay, I just need to make enough, but that shouldn't be your plan. You know, your plan is to grow and in the future, have an exit strategy and create the, um, as much value as possible for your business. And by working in your business, you are the value of your business. So you can never sell it. You can never, you know, you can never do anything with it um unless you stay with it and you know after working so many years a lot of entrepreneurs are thinking you know I can sell my business for a whole lot of money but you know at the end of the day if you're working in your business your business is only worth the assets that it has at a discounted price and and maybe a little bit of money for your customer list because you know, once you're not there, a lot of your customers aren't going to be continuing to work with the business as well. So you've got great case studies
0: of of people that called you in and said, "Hey, Andrew, I'm glad you're here today. I'm so excited. I'm going to sell my business, and I heard that you can help me assess the value of my business. Let's get started." And then when you do the work, um, so you've got one case study I know we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, and you share a little bit of of, of one of the the sad tales of a business owner that was preparing to sell and thought it was a million dollar business and had a different outcome.
1: Um Sure, I mean, definitely, you know, I was called in to value his business because he was looking to sell the business and he had an organization that was interested in the business. So he needed to know how much he should ask for the business and be able to respond to any offer they made for the business. Um, you know, he did, he expected the value to be about a million dollars. But looking at his business because he was working in the business, um, you know, his business wasn't, you know, the value of the business looking at the assets what's left over if he's not there is really worth under $100,000. So he was thinking he was going to retire. You know, he worked many years and, you know, everything was good. Um, But what ended up happening is, you know, he got under, you know, $100,000 for his business. um, And he had to stay on and continue to work in his business. And they paid him a salary uh, for a period of time. So, you know, you don't want to get to where you're ready to exit and you can't. Or you don't want to get when you're ready to exit and you're dreaming of, you
0: know, world cruises and doing (laughs) all the things you dreamt about doing and and get just 10 percent of what your your thought was. And and the the antidote to being sadly or rudely awakened is to begin doing the work early to to know the value of your business, to get out of working in your business and and begin working on your business. And when you begin working on your business, set a set a, a, a goal if you have a, a desire to exit when you want to exit and what you want the valuation to be so you can scale your business to be to help you accomplish all of those things. Um, and a small price to pay, you know, I mean, it's almost it's it's almost like saying you could go in as a as a business owner and say, look, If I help you with the valuation of your business and over the next two years, we get this valuation up, I'll just take 10 percent of of what you sell for, because without me, you're going to get one hundred thousand dollars and not a million dollars. But if we take twenty four thirty six months to continue to improve your position, we can get you out of being of being the business to actually working on a business that you can sell without you having to sell your soul and go with that sale. it's really good, really great stuff. I've learned so much during these conversations myself. I know it, it helps. It helps me think of my business as an entity that has a trajectory that um, will help me grow and scale. But absent doing the work that 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 you talk about, understanding the key performance indicators, that's just a dream. So it does require. Um, that we commit to doing the work on a consistent and regular basis to uh, to achieve those 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 big big ideas. Um, so okay. where do we
1: go in episode four? What's what comes next? Okay, well, episode four we're going to talk about operational excellence. So you know, once you have the customers, how do you deliver the product that you need to deliver the service that's going to keep them coming back and um, You know, how do you make sure that your process is going so that your costs are as low as possible? So, you know, really implementation brings everything together. But, you know, moving back to the marketing side, if you, you know, if you look at, you know, one of the first things I do when I talk to a client is ask them, what's the most important thing that you need to do for your business? And I get a lot of different answers. But there's only one answer. That's right. <laughs> it's not, this is not a multiple choice answer. You so, only get, there's
0: only one right answer.
1: Right. And and that answer is marketing and sales, because if you don't market and you don't sell, you don't bring any money in and you don't have a business. Right. So a lot of entrepreneurs don't quite get that initially because You know, they started their business because they like doing what they do or they like the business. So, bringing that to mind and thinking through well, what does that really mean? And, you know, how do you do that effectively? And, you know, one of the biggest things is even if you're shy, if you're an entrepreneur, you are your product. People are buying, they don't buy products, they buy you. So if you're not out there marketing and sales and leading your organization in that, then you are making a lot less money than you w- you should be and doing a lot less business than you should be. And, you know, one of the ways I help them, you know, really be able to move to doing that is, you know, I require them to do at least two hours of marketing every day. And report back to me with an email every day what they did as far as marketing. Because then that makes sure that every day you do some marketing. Because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're busy. Uh, You got 10 billion things to do. A lot of times marketing isn't pressing, but it's so important that you have to do it every day. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. So when you're selling, you learn different things. Like you had mentioned, you learn your customer better. Um, you know, that is a huge part of being able to take your business to the next level. That's,
0: that's so, so well said and, and so important, you know, two hours of marketing a day, but you know, I, 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 I agree with that, but I also agree with the conversation had earlier in this, uh, this episode where we talked about defining your ideal prospects so you can know them well enough to know um, their narrative, right? And when you know their narrative, when you are marketing to them, you're marketing to them in, in using words and using stories that call them to action. Not yes. somebody over there, but them, because you're speaking to them. And you know, it, it requires work to to understand them and, and you don't do that work once and forget about it. It's not like, you know, we used to write a business plan and we'd have it, we'd go submit it to the bank, we'd get some money, we put it in a file cabinet and five years later, we hadn't looked at it since we got funded. And because the world is so dynamic now and and change happens like a swirling tornado, we just never know when the next change of disruptive change is gonna come. And it doesn't just disrupt businesses. It disrupts people in markets or it gives them other tools. And somebody who wasn't online yesterday is now using Snapchat to get information today. And if that's your ideal prospect that's changed and pivoted to use new technology and you still are telling stories and communicating with them on the old channels that they used, you're missing opportunities. So you're... Your knowledge of your ideal prospect and that profile and definition of that ideal prospect has to be as dynamic as your ideal prospects are. And when they change, your perception of them has to change with them and your voice as you communicate with them in the two hours that you commit every day to market needs to be dynamic and changing as they change as well. That's when we have the opportunity to grow raving fans and communities um, that help us promote our businesses and help us do marketing on behalf of our business because they they like the brand because the brand brings them value so they promote the brand on our behalf for us but messaging is what engages uh that audience and and makes them uh part of the community that that serves the growth of the brand yes yes well said the um well listen we we've come about forty minutes. We've talked about an awful lot, but there's so much more to talk about. Um, and next Friday, we'll continue this conversation, um,
1: where we will talk about um, what are we talking about <laughs> again? I, um, we're talking about operational excellence and integration. Operational excellence, and um, you know, if you
0: know what your key performance indicators are, if you you know who your ideal prospect is. Let's put business processes in place that kind of automate uh, access to that information. And when we do that, we're functioning just like a big Fortune 100 company that has business processes that are in place where one button can get pushed and they get data and a report that tells them how well they're performing um, in the areas that are important to the growth of their business. The, and I don't want to focus so much on the growth of their business because I know, Andrew, you would suggest that of, of maybe primary importance is getting data that talks about the temper temperature of the installed customers, right? Because you want to make sure that while you're trying to grow over here that you're maintaining a great relationships and super service for the install base of customers that you have and, and have to maintain. and. Uh, that's other people
1: okay i I think we lost you art but um you know definitely when we're talking about operational excellence it's you know integrating the operations into every part of your business Um, tying it in with marketing information tying it in with financial information so that the feedback loop and you can use that information to um, really drive um, the business and run it more effectively. So, you know, that's, you know, one of the big keys. Um, We're going to talk in a lot more detail about that on the next session. And um, hopefully Art will be back in a second to close us out. And, um, yeah, here he comes.
0: Okay. So I'm back, I think. Okay. Listen, thanks everybody for for sticking with us here live. Um, Good to see everyone and um, everyone listening um, on replay. Thanks for for your attention. Andrew and I believe that this is valuable information. It's information that not often talked about, but is central to the growth of any business. It helps you move from being an amateur to being a pro. And um, that's why we're committed to continuing to bring these episodes to you. Uh, We hope you find them valuable. We hope you tune in and, and join us at noon Eastern time on Fridays to talk about uh, running your business like a pro with Art Jones and Andrew Frazier. Um, so
1: until next time, this is Art Jones signing off. And Andrew, any last words? Yes. Um, thank you, Art. Um, enjoyed the conversation and hopefully it's valuable to the listeners because, you know, this is really a lot of things that you need to be aware of so that you can be more fantastic
0: until next time, everyone. Bye for now.